And we welcome you to week number two of Ohio Football Weekly. I'm Marty Bannister. We are so glad to have you with us here for another edition of this program as we go around the state, talk high school football. Tonight we're going to delve into a little college football. We'll talk about that coming up in the second half hour of the program. But that's all to come for you. Big show coming up for you tonight. We thank all of you for being with us last week when we debuted. We had uh, thousands of thousands of views last week. We're certainly glad that all of you took time to sample what we're doing here. We think it's something different, something unique, focusing mainly on high school football across the state of Ohio. We have so much content to get into tonight. Among our guests, Ohio High School Athletic Association Executive Director Doug Ute. He'll visit with us in a couple of moments. Brad Birchfield, the head coach at Columbus Bishop Hartley, will join us in the second half hour of the program. And as mentioned, in case you haven't heard, and I don't know how the heck you couldn't possibly have heard, big college football game on Saturday night in Columbus when Ohio State takes on Notre Dame. And coming up at about 7.15 or so, Jeff Logan, former Ohio State running back and color analyst for the CW on Thursday nights here locally in central Ohio. He calls high school football games. He'll visit with us. We'll talk about the Buckeyes and the Fighting Irish. So we have a lot to get into on the program tonight. We come to you through the services of our friends at Yamo Media. Adam Dell is the producer of this program, and we're glad he's behind the dials getting everything up and running for us here tonight. All of our social media platforms is where you'll be able to find this show. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, at Yamo Media. We're on TikTok. I'm not, but everybody else seems to be. Uh, TikTok, at Yamo On Air, Y-A-M-O-O-N-A-I-R. Facebook, Yamo Media 614. And on YouTube, you can find us at Yamo Media Columbus. So those are the ways you can sample our program. And as mentioned, thousands of you did that last week, and we're so very glad that you did that. So we will uh, look forward to having uh, that as part of our program. Your interaction is always welcome. You can hit us up. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Marty Bannister. You can go to the at Yamo Media page as well too we have a great poll up there by tonight as way uh, oh by the way tonight as well too for you with the Ohio State Notre Dame game coming up on Saturday uh, we're asking you tonight as Buckeye fans what are you most excited to see Saturday out of the Buckeyes the play of quarterback CJ Stroud who is without a doubt a Heisman Trophy candidate regardless of what Desmond Howard says uh, the running game for the Buckeyes we know how strong that was last year with Travion Henderson the receivers they may be the best in the country the Buckeyes have lining up four targets for CJ Stroud to throw the football to and I think an area that well without a doubt has gained the most attention in the offseason and that's been the much maligned Ohio State defense from last season under new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. We'll find out if those changes have taken place and we'll find out if Ohio State's able to rectify a lot of the wrongs that their defense had last season. So that's all coming up for you on the program tonight. You can hit that poll again. It's on our Twitter page at Yamo Media and um, it's also on my Twitter page as well too at Marty Bannister. Right now the defense as you might well expect has gained the majority of the votes in the in the balloting right now. Uh, the running game has received uh, some votes as well too. Nothing yet for C.J. Stroud or the receivers but uh, somehow I, I think the defense is going to win the day in this poll and hopefully for Ohio State for Ohio State fans rather uh, it will win the uh, night for them on Saturday when they take on Notre Dame. Such an interesting dynamic surrounding that game with the return of former Ohio State captain Marcus Freeman of course, he played his college football for the Buckeyes and now coaching Notre Dame has uh, James Laurinaitis on his staff as well, too, former Buckeye linebacker. So there's so many things going into that. But as mentioned, the focus of this program is high school football. And when we return after a short timeout, we're going to visit with the executive director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. He's doing a tremendous job with the OHSAA. Doug Ute will join us. There's so much to get into. The OHSAA just launched an online program to help those of you who want to be an official and to help officials continue to get better at their task. They just launched that today. We'll ask Doug about that and just get his thoughts on how the high school football season 
is going. And believe it or not, it's week three coming up this Friday night of the high school football season. NFL hasn't played a game yet. Ohio State hasn't played a game yet. But there's high school football hitting week number three of its regular season. So we'll do all that with Doug Ute visits with us after this timeout. So glad to have you with us. This is Ohio Football Weekly. Yamo Media is the place to find us. I'm Marty Bannister. We're back with more in a minute. Hey, sports fan. Did you know the OHSAA is among the national leaders in social media? Check out the OHSAA's social media platforms for news, tournament information, accomplishments, helpful links, and all the items available in the fan guide, including photos, DVDs, and publications. Check out OHSAA Sports on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. And who knows, you may be the next featured face. And we're back with you. Ohio Football Weekly is the name of the program. I'm Marty Bannister. We come to you on Yamo Media. And again, you can find us on all the various social media platforms. This program will be available for download tomorrow. You can go back and watch the program and catch the entire show if you missed any portion of it tonight. And again, we'll give you the addresses and the sites you can find us as well, too, coming up as the program rolls along. Well, as I mentioned prior to the timeout, we're going into week number three of the high school football season, which is really kind of hard to believe, but that's where we're at right now. And it has been a great start to the high school football season. Sure, there's been a couple of games that uh, were delayed because of weather and some other things that are factors into it, but it's been a great start for the football season in the state of Ohio. And visiting with us right now is the executive director of the Ohio High School Association, our good friend Doug Ute. Doug, always good to see you, my friend. And as you heard me say, we're off to a great start. We're heading into week through, uh, heading into week three of the high school football season. Am I wrong in saying it's been a great start? Oh, it's been a really good start, Marty. We we're just talking today. Think about this. Uh, we had two wonderful weather weekends on those Friday nights. Uh, this Friday is supposed to be great. And from what I'm hearing around the state is a lot of fans are coming out to watch the kids and in some great environments. And heck, Marty, I was at Granville High School and I see your shirt you have on today. And the OU marching band uh, performed yeah, yeah. at Granville High School last weekend. And and they had a record crowd there. And that band was spectacular. And uh, it was one of those halftime shows that nobody moved on either side. And, and I would look at Granville student section. There had to be 150 kids up there, and not one kid went down to have a, get a hot dog or a, a drink. And they all watched that band. And so just a wonderful night and, and good weather and, and, and a lot of good games that, uh, that have uh, already transpired. Not that you don't during all the other sports seasons, Doug, but do you become more of a weather watcher during the high school football season, especially the early part of the year? Well, I, I think it, there's really the, it's the fall and the spring that you really watch right. that weather. But – but in particular Friday nights, uh, because, you know, when you have baseball, softball almost every night, it, it, you know, you, know you, you watch the weather, but, but it really it's that one night that week that, that uh, our kids get that center stage in their communities that you, that you watch for, and it's that Friday night. You mentioned the bands a moment ago, and I think sometimes people maybe think of halftime as let's go get a hot dog, let's go get a drink, let's do something uh, to kind of get our mind off of if the half went bad or whatnot for their teams. But, and I know this is a very big part of the atmosphere of a Friday night, what a high school band brings to these games, and that's why uh, there, there's the time allotted for these bands to get on the field. That's such a special part of, of a high school football Friday night in the state of Ohio, isn't it? it? It certainly is. And having been in schools for 37 years before I took this position and and, uh, you know, been from the athletic background and, and even as administrator, uh, I know how hard our band, band kids worked or how hard the cheerleaders work. So, you know, those Friday nights are as much about those programs as it is our football programs because they work very hard. And, 
I think people, uh, you know, good communities stay and, and watch those halftime shows and because they appreciate uh, the kids and they're supporting them. And heck, I was in Newark for 11 years and as many people came to watch the band, if not more than they did the football. Well, hopefully that's not a comment on the way things were going football-wise at Newark at that point, Whoa. but uh, no, I know. I, I, I love the Newark Wildcats. I, I, I love the Wildcats. <laughs> yes. Well, and Newark that's did win. Good. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. They snapped a, a losing streak uh, last week. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. Doug, I, I mentioned the, the schedule, and, and as we go to week number three of the football season, some for some leagues, this Friday is the last non-conference week of the season. Uh, those eight-team leagues or teams that are more than that, uh, some heck are already in the conference play if they have a 10-team league and whatnot. And with the schedule, it's just amazing how fast this goes, isn't it? I mean, we're already a third of a way through a 10-game regular season. It's staggering, isn't it? It is. I can't believe that, uh, you know, because I'm obviously looking forward, like everybody else, to the Buckeye opener this week and and uh, the Browns. Uh, not the Bengals, but I'm looking forward to the Browns opener here in a couple weeks. And, and um, so, uh, you know, when you see those kind of things and then realize, geez, We'll have three high school games on before the, the Buckeyes open up. We'll have four high school games done before the Browns even open up. And, and you know, Marty, it's really – people talk to me all the time about how early you start uh, stuff anymore. But our schools start in the middle of August, uh, have moved that up. And that, and that came from testing. You know, you get testing in March and April in schools. And, and, you know, I know from being a school superintendent, we wanted to get as many days as we could in with our kids – before they took those tests. And so therefore you're starting in the middle of August. And when kids are back on, on campus, they're ready for football, they're ready for soccer, they're ready for golf and, and those type of things. So I think that spurs those earlier start times. Uh, you know, uh, I'm more, you can tell by my age, I'm more of a traditionalist in the sense that I wish schools would go back to Labor Day, Memorial Day uh, that way, <laughs> but they, they don't. And so I, I think sports has kind of evolved earlier along with those starts of school. How often do you get that question about the start of the football season and the start of classes working hand in hand in that regard starting? I mean, I hear it a lot of times from people, well, why are we starting school on August the 15th? Why are we doing this on August the 16th? Do you get that yeah. question a lot? Yeah, I did as a school superintendent. I would, I would get that question. Not so much in my position now uh, because, you know, the schools kind of dictate by, by being in like that. But I did as a superintendent because people felt, oh, we're starting so early and those things. But as I mentioned, it, it was all about aligning yourself to, to the number of days you could get in of instruction before those state tests. Absolutely. Doug, you visiting with us, the Ohio High School Athletic Association Executive Director. We're talking high school football as we hit week number three of the season coming up. And again, as we mentioned earlier, it's, it's hard to believe. You, you, you said a moment ago, the excitement certainly surrounding what's happening in Columbus on Saturday night. And I think that kind of feeds in some ways, does it not, Doug, to, to Fridays in the state, especially when um, Ohio State plays a big game or there's a big game in Cincinnati or there's a, uh, whatever the, the big game is, that kind of feeds to Friday night. You can feel that excitement even starting to build on Friday at the high school games, can't you? Yeah, you can. And, and, and you said it uh, very well. You know, I, I can't believe that you know, this is the, the last week of most non-conference games uh, for those those conferences here uh, in Ohio. And and a lot of schools have, uh, and, and I'll keep up my, my time in Newark and my days there, we always opened up with Zanesville. Uh, that is a huge game. We always play Mount Vernon. And those rivalries are as strong, if not stronger, than a lot of our league rivals. And a lot of schools are that way. Something that I think, 
hurts the college football game in a lot of respects because some of those rivalry games are gone now because of the expansion of leagues. And it's good to see that those games stay in high school football. That's very important. I know I'm a big West Virginia fan, and they play Pitt for the first time since goodness, I think 2011 on Thursday night, and, and that's, that's been lost. And thankfully, the high schools can still do that. And I know those games are very important, aren't they? They are because, you know, uh, if they're like, like the Zanesville game that Newark opens up with or the Mount Vernon, those are their parents played against those uh, communities and, and, and those type of things. And so uh, I think your community rallies around a little bit more of, of your uh, school sport when they feel a little bit uh, when they're part of that rivalry and and the towns aren't far from each other, uh, those type of things. And you go around Ohio and see who's playing week one, week two and week three against each other. And a, a lot of them uh, are communities that are fairly close and and they've done it for years. And, and uh, you know, they're good, good crowds, which is what we want all of our kids to be exposed to. And and that. and, and I do think, too, uh, Marty, I think if you're not excited in the state of Ohio, uh, for this weekend, uh, for football with uh, Ohio State playing Saturday night, high school football Friday night. It's going to be great weather both nights. Uh, if, if you're not excited about that, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, well I don't said. know what would expect. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. said. I agree with you 100%. I wanted to ask you, too, about some news that came out a little bit uh, later this afternoon. Uh, the OHSAA has decided to move to all classroom instruction now for new officials to the convenient virtual platform Ref Prep, and it's also asking member schools to offer the online officiating curriculum during the school day so students can begin the process of learning to become an official. A number of schools across Ohio have already begun offering the, the Ref Prep class. This is such a big thing. I think, Doug, because, and you, again, I'm sure you're well aware of this, the issues that have propped up over the last few years with officials, getting people who want to continue to do this. And let's face it as well, too, uh, there's a great number of officials who are getting to the point where they simply physically can't do it anymore. So you need to get those interested in being an official and you need to get that process started. And this is a good way to do it, I think. Yeah, I, you know, I'm really happy with uh, Bo Rugg and our officiating uh, department here. Of, uh, and it's not an Ohio problem; it's a country problem. Every every state's having an issue with that, and it's that aging population that uh, is is leaving. Uh, you know, either physically or or also COVID hit. And I've had some people tell me, you know, I've been just doing it for years, and I stopped doing it during COVID, so I just stopped. You know, one of those things, but. But really, the, our association with Ref Prep, which is a uh, uh, company out of uh, Indianapolis, uh, and and I would tell you, uh, Ohio is kind of a leading on a leading on the forefront of leading this charge in the country w with uh, the way we're registering officials, and and so you know we, we just started talking in here, and again, Marty, my background in schools, so, so I could take world history online or calculus online and all these different classes in high school, but I can't take uh, preparation for, to be a referee online and this company just matched right up with us and what we're doing we're in uh, I think it's 40 some schools in Ohio right now that number's growing an example I was at a volleyball game the other night in Shelby and uh, I had some conversations last year with their principal and and uh, he, he joined an online uh, program that we had uh, featuring ref prep and he has 48 kids signed up uh, for that ref prep class in his high school and, you know, Shelby would be, you know, in basketball, like a, in volleyball, uh, like a Division II school. So, you know, what, whatever that puts them, 17, 
1,800 kids in her district. And, and so, uh, you know, you have to be 14 years of age to be an official. You can be a class three official at 14. Uh, when you turn 18, you automatically become a class two, but class three gives you an opportunity to do uh, uh, games up through, up through ninth grade. So you can do middle school games, but more importantly, I think uh, is the employability piece of this for, for high school kids. So you can get a, uh, if your school can give you a credit for physical education out of this, and we're working hard with the Ohio Department of Education to do a workforce development credit that would come along with, uh, with uh, this piece also, because it's instant employability. And if you, we all know youth sports needs that. So, so I'm hearing stories of, of kids that are 15, 16 years old, sophomore in high school, uh, make 750 bucks for a weekend doing youth baseball games or softball games in the summertime, nine-year-old games, uh, those type of things. And so when you look at the employability piece of that, uh, plus the fact that if uh, I can use you in seventh and eighth grade, you know, and it allows me to have that game, uh, why wouldn't I do that uh, from that standpoint? And so schools are getting creative with how they're helping kids with the $60 fee. They're either paying that or, or an example might be, I'm going to, I'm going to pay your fee to take this course or, and you're going to work two games for me and I'm going to get you uh, your basketball uh, officiating shirt, those things. You work two games for me and your debt's free, uh, you know, from that standpoint. So people are getting creative with what they're doing, but it is growing uh, in Ohio as an option. And, and the one other option, not to make a long answer, and that's already past due of this, sorry, Marty, but the other option is, yeah, I talked to somebody one night. Said, you know, I'd like to maybe officiate volleyball, but they offered a class on Tuesday nights, and I have um, my uh, my uh, husband works Tuesday nights, so I, I have to have daycare to to uh, you know go to those classes, so I can't do it. And with Rep Prep, it gives you that option uh, to take that online course and work with your local association to uh, to do that. And 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 then I would just end Marty just by saying our our current officials couldn't be better through this process with working with young kids or even adults who are going through going through the process to to help them get uh, um, opportunities to do scrimmages or games and work with them and, and teach them so it's uh we're, we're we're moving forward with this and you hit the key phrase in this when you started uh, to, to talk about it online and the fact that, as you said, you can take history online, you can take this, schools are doing virtual learning now, why can't you do something like this to get the interest generated in officiating and get those numbers back up and get people out officiating games? Uh, you even said it in your uh, statement about it, Doug. Uh, if there are no officials, there are no games. And that's just right. how important that this really is, isn't it? Right. It is. And, and, and you're exactly right. There are no officials, there are no games. And, and so we have to do this piece. And we also have to educate our coaches and our community members on sportsmanship towards our officials and respect towards them. And, and, and I would say for the most part, uh, our officials, officials are treated with respect, but there are those certain cases that, that people get out, out of line and, and it's okay to maybe question a call, but how do you do it and how long do you carry it on? And, and, uh, you know, just, uh, these, these folks are out here just trying to, uh, you know, stay engaged in, in sporting activities and provide a service to a community and the kids so, so that they have an opportunity to do something. And I think we need to recognize that. 
Doug, as we wrap it up, I'll leave you with this. I know in talking to Bo Rugg in the past, and you mentioned it a short time ago, you were out at games last week. Uh, Bo gets out, I know, to as many games as he possibly can. Uh, you do the same. It's such a valuable way to get out and let the public talk to you, let school members talk to you, let fans talk to you, and be visible and let people know that you guys are out there and you do care about what's going on on these games on a Friday night or a Wednesday night volleyball game or a Tuesday soccer match, however it works out. But you do try to get out and be visible, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. And and I'm not like Bo. He hits three games on a Friday night. I just I can just make one. But although I, I do believe this is kind of interesting, I think it's October 21st or Sometime in October, I, I, I'm going to join Andy Bixler, who's superintendent of Anna, and we think we can hit four football games in that night uh, in that area, how close those schools are to each other. So I'm looking forward to that. But but uh, I'll tell you, I got no more joy as a school superintendent of getting in classrooms and getting in the buildings with the kids and, and interacting with them. And, and I get no more joy as executive director uh, of our association than being at events and and talking to coaches and kids and, and fans and, and those type of things. And, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's where my passion lies. And that's why I'm just so thankful and appreciative to serve as the director of this, because I, I enjoy that, that stuff. And, and, uh, you might talk to a cheerleading advisor or band director and, and coaches and, and, and Marty, you know, this, cause you do a, a great job of promoting uh, high school sports in Ohio and, and, and the positive things that are going on, uh, you know, you always have, and 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 I appreciate that. And and there's a lot of positive uh, things going on in our schools today. And 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 sometimes that that gets overshadowed by one incident or not. But there's a a lot of great things going on by with our kids out in our schools. Absolutely, Doug. I always appreciate your time. I think you're doing a tremendous job at the head of the uh, an organization that uh, has, has, as you know, has gotten its share of of chatter on social media and other places as well too. Uh, but I think you've done a great job, and I know the response to you has been very well. And since you and I do have a what I would consider a very good relationship right now, uh, I'll just leave you with a great who day, and we'll let you move on to the rest of your evening. And thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> Can I bark at you, Marty? Let me let me bark at you. <laughs> Go right ahead if you want to. Go right ahead with you. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Have a good night. Thanks. (laughs) Doug Youth, the executive director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association, visiting with us here on Ohio Football Weekly. And, and, And Doug's right. It's a it's a tough thing to do to be ahead at top of that organization. I mean, uh, it is one that uh, I can't think of a athletic organization in this state that gets the amount of heck that the OHSAA does for just about everything that they try to do. And Doug, I think, has stepped in and done a very good job of riding the ship a little bit and getting everybody back on the same page. And I know his efforts are greatly appreciated, not only around the state, but I know in that office in Columbus as well, too, as uh, the OHSAA uh, continues to uh, move along as far as uh, governing uh, high school sports in the state of Ohio. Uh, Let's uh, dive back into a little high school football talk now, and we like to go around the state and find out what happened in week number two. There were some big, big games last week, some great performances as well, too, as we go around the state and look back at week number two of the high school football season. Our player of the week, let's go with Cincinnati Moeller running back Jordan Marshall. All he did last week was run for 323 yards and score five touchdowns. He had 57 receiving yards as well, too, and a touchdown reception as well for Moeller as the Crusaders continue to move along. One, certainly one of the best teams in Division One in the state of Ohio. So our congratulations from Yambo Media to Moeller Crusaders running back Jordan Marshall. 328 rushing yards last week and five touchdowns on the ground. So we'll uh, throw a player of the week honors at him. Now around the state, 
Of course, the big news in Central Ohio centered on the Columbus City League and the inability to play football last week because of the school district, the teachers being on strike. Once that was settled, they were allowed to get back on the practice field. Teams were allowed to go back on the practice field on Friday. They are expected to get back on the field this Friday and play games this Friday night. The tough thing about it was it left a lot of schools scrambling that had games. Uh, they had to di start dialing around and find games to fill the spots if they were scheduled to play a City League team. And fortunately, I think just about everybody that was scheduled to miss a game was able to get a game back in and get uh, a scheduled game in. So uh, that's the, the positive to that. But it, it is good to know that the teachers are now back in, their, in the classrooms. And I'm, whatever you think about why they walked out, that's not the point of all this. The point is the student athletes are back on the field. That's the point of all this. And the band members and all the other sports as well too. So they expect to get games back in this Friday and other extracurricular events as well too going on. COVID still, it's still with us. It's not going away. Uh, Bexley was forced to postpone their game last week against Hamilton Township. Uh, at least 15 cases uh, reported on the Bexley Lions football team. Our good friend Greg Fry, uh, now an assistant coach on that Bexley football program. So they were forced to cancel their game last week. And again, we'll see how all this plays itself out as far as computer points and all those other things are factored in as the season rolls along. So Bexley forced to postpone postponed their game last week. How about some of these records that fell last week in games around the state of Ohio? Avon beat Medina 43 to 42. Medina junior quarterback Danny Stoddard, look at those numbers, 621 yards passing, six touchdowns. He was 39 of 52 and uh, broke the record set by another pretty good quarterback, Drew Allard, who's now the uh, backup at Penn State and is expected to see considerable playing time for the Nittany Lions this year. Wide receiver Brennan Schramm, 293 yards and three touchdowns receiving as they continue to roll out just uh, another, looks like another very good quarterback at Medina. They came up a point short last week in falling to Avon. Old Washington Buckeye Trails, Kane Egan, in a losing effort, ran two touchdowns or ran two kickoffs back for touchdowns. 93 and 90 yards in a 48-20 loss to Cadiz Harrison Central last week. Pretty good night in a losing effort. Congratulations to that young man. 93 and 90 yard kickoff returns in a losing effort for uh, Harrison or for Old Buckeye Trail. We mentioned Newark a moment ago. The Wildcats had not won since the 2019 season finale. They knocked off Mount Vernon 35-34. to Oh, by the way, it was also their first road win since 2018. And if you ever get the chance, great place to go watch a high school football game. Whitefield in Newark, right there off of uh, State Route 16 as you're heading east. Great facility to watch high school football. They share it with uh, Newark Catholic, but it's a great facility and a great place to watch a high school football game on a Friday night. So congratulations to the Newark program. Uh, streaks, how about this? St. Henry last week had a snap or had a streak snap of 23 consecutive games without allowing 30 or more points. That was snapped by Archbold, which extended its streak of scoring 30 or more points in a game to 14 in the 42 to 10 win over St. Henry. Somewhere my friend Jim Lachey, the former St. Henry great and uh, current Ohio State football radio analyst is just throwing things at the computer or whatever if he's watching this program. He's a St. Henry grad, so he hates to see anything bad happen to his, his beloved alma mater. Uh, 23 consecutive games though without allowing 30 or more points. That's a pretty impressive streak, so that went by the boards last week. Uh, we mentioned the Newark win as they knocked off Mount Vernon last week, a big win there. Uh, another great performance last week. We talked about it a short time ago. Wide receiver Cam Robinson from Willard. They beat Plymouth last week, 77-35. to And there's the numbers for Robinson. He caught five touchdown passes last week. That's not his total for the season in two games. That was his total last week. He also caught five touchdown passes the week before for Willard. 
a record that had stood since 1999. So congratulations to that young man and Willard out of the gates with that victory, 77 to 35 over Plymouth last week. And good news for the folks at Lucas. They were able to get their game in. They had to move it to Jeromeville, uh, to Jeromedale Hillsdale, or Jeromeville Hillsdale last week. Uh, they showed up at the field Saturday morning, and there you see that picture courtesy of the Mansfield News Journal. Uh, someone had thought it'd be cool to get out on the field in some sort of ATV or some sort of uh, wheeled vehicle and vandalize their football field. Well, they could, obviously couldn't play the game because of the condition of the field, so they had to move the game on the road, well, and they still won the game. The Lucas Cubs beating Hillsdale last week by the final 14-13. to 13. Oh, by the way, those responsible for that act of vandalism, uh, they have been taken into custody. So that's uh, pretty much uh, that's a good ending to that story. And for the Lucas folks who still managed to win the game, even though they had to move it and play it at another site. So that caps off a busy week number two as we go around the state. If you have nominations, Please feel free to send them via our webpage, at Yamo Media on Twitter. I'm at Marty Bannister. If you have a great performance that you saw or that you see this week and you want to get it to us next week, we'd love to hear from you. And please feel free to let us know all about that. All right, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to dive into some Central Ohio high school football. Our first guest of the night will be Hartley head coach Brad Birchfield. We'll talk to Coach Birchfield when we return. Ohio Football Weekly from Yamo Media continues in moments. What's up, everybody? This is Adam. From Yamo Media, producer of the show, just want to let you know about some of the other great things we have going on at Yamo Media. In addition to all the stuff that you can see on social media, we take this episode and we put out clips from all the different interviews. We put out clips across our Instagram and TikTok pages. On Wednesday nights, we air live. That's debatable. Join Will Ward, Ryan Dietrich, and Jeremiah Bays as they debate the hottest sports topics. They talk to some of the players from around the Columbus area. They're just debating some of the biggest topics every week. So check that out. You can find the podcast version available as well if you search for That's Debatable. That's D-E-B-A-Y-T-A-B-L-E. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast, and we hope you enjoy the rest of Ohio Football Weekly. And welcome back to Ohio Football Weekly, week number two of this program as we head towards week number three of the high school football season. We just went around the state. Let's turn our focus now to what's going on in central Ohio high school football. And year in and year out, this is a program that is always one of the contenders to be playing in November, late in November, and then making a run up to Canton or wherever the state championship are being held in Ohio high school football. Slow start out of the gate. They're 0-2, but they play one of the most challenging schedules of, I think, really anybody, certainly in central Ohio, maybe around the state of Ohio. The head coach of the Bishop Hartley Hawks is visiting with us right now, our friend Brad Birchfield. Coach, good to see you again, my friend. How are you tonight? Good, Marty. How are you? Doing great. Talking a little high school football. Nothing wrong with that. I mentioned the challenging schedule that you guys have played. Now, I know in covering your games in past years, you and I have talked about this. This is something that you love to do with your program because it's a really good way to test yourselves. I know because of the uh, intricacies of, of the Central Catholic League and, and the way you have to schedule things, it's kind of, I guess, mandatory in some respects. But it's a good way for your kids to find out exactly what it takes to get to where you want them to be towards the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't know that we have a choice at this point. You know, we're at the mercy of whoever will play us and when they'll play us and where they'll play us, and that's great. But uh, I, I think with us, it gives us an opportunity to to kind of see where we are as a football team, to get better as the season goes on. Um, those are the things that you kind of use. You'd like to try to win them all, and we're certainly trying to win them all. But uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. You want to get better. You want to keep improving. And playing good people certainly give you an idea of, of where you're just not quite good enough or coaching well enough or playing well enough at. How difficult is it to put a schedule together, Brad? 
Well, we're playing our first eight on the road, so that is not ideal. And uh, I think that uh, I think that I would. I'm not taking much grief from it because my son's a senior. So certainly, anybody with uh, half a heart or half a brain would know that we would not put a together a schedule with eight on the road with with the head coach's son as a senior so um but we honestly you see a lot of teams in our league through the years they just can't get 10 games let alone on the road or at home and we kind of made the decision a long time ago no matter how we are or what the circumstances are we're gonna give our kids 10 guaranteed opportunities to play football um for bishop hartley so you know we had five games scheduled at home but uh uh Certainly, last December we had five games scheduled at home, but uh, three of those kind of fell off. And when we replaced them, we could only replace them with teams that needed the first year at home. So it comes down to: are you going to play, or are you going to not play? And we decided to play. Are you a fan of playing teams from out of state, Brad? Uh, we have, and they've been good experiences. We had a nice series with Lures out of Fort Wayne uh, a few years ago. We played them several times. Uh, we played Muskegon Catholic, which was a great game for us. So I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I think that um, it's exciting. It's good to put those brands out there. But, I mean, if you had your Schools from out of the state of Ohio, we had a good shot of just kind of the crowd reaction that that, that uh, comes when Hartley does play at home. Uh, you mentioned uh, the eight games on the road. Talk to me about the mindset of preparing your team for that. It, it has to be difficult because they know I mean, kids love to play in front of the home fans, but they know that's not going to happen now until the last two weeks of October. Have you approached it any differently with them? We really haven't. You know, we've played so many teams in so many different parts of the state. And like you said, outside of the state for years, they've kind of grown up and that's been there. Um, that's in their DNA. We really haven't addressed it at all. We've kind of addressed it one game at a time, one practice at a time, what we need to do to get better, how we need to improve, how we need to build as a football team. I mean, those are kind of the biggest things. Um, you know, and football, high school football is not high school basketball. It, it's a great experience and it's great at home, but the fans aren't really on you. It's not a, you know, it's not as much of a home field advantage as I see in like the basketball games and whatnot. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think that's a very valid point. Uh, you're 0-2 right now. You've played a couple, again, pretty good football teams. Uh, opened up a big walnut and then lost to Harvest Prep last week. Uh, both those teams are 2-0 right now. Long way to go in this season, Brad, but after a couple of games, what are some of the positives you've seen out of your football team? Well, we got better from week one to week two. I mean, we played two really good football teams. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine that either one of those teams are going to lose a regular season game here on the way out. I mean, these guys are are really, really good. Uh, Big Walnut, you know, they ha certainly have it going on, and and they handled us. And week two against uh, Harvest Prep, you know, they're really good, and we got better. We did a lot of things that were better against them. Um, not good enough, and we didn't coach well enough. We didn't play well enough. But uh, it, there's a lot of football to be played, and we've got to get a lot better. I mean, we kind of can identify some things in which we need to improve. And, you know, we, we've never – this certainly is an excuse, but we've never been really great early season. I promise you, we practice as hard, um, but we've never been great out of the gate. Maybe it has to do with that we're playing Big Walnut and Moeller and Toledo Central Catholic and Muskegon Catholic and some of these teams we've opened up with through the years. But – uh, I do think that it's given us an opportunity to show where 
you, it just takes us a long time to get our kids better. It takes us a long time to kind of figure out where people fit best, what we coach best, what the kids are best at doing. We're still kind of in the process of doing that. It's uh, a lot of football to be played. Every game's important. There's no question. But we have a lot of great opportunities in front of us to, to try to improve. That was one of the things when you said that about slow out of the gates. And again, I can recall talking to you prior to games that I've been able to broadcast to your football team. Uh, most of the times it's been early season games, and then I catch you in the playoffs. But you have said that to me a number of times. Yeah, it's only week number two of the season. Now, I'm not worried about this. I'm, uh, well, maybe worry is not the right word to use of the football coach. Yeah. You guys worry about everything. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's a situation where you know there's improvement coming. You know your kids are going to get better. They know it, you know it, and that's what you're trying to do with this football team right now. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you're always worried. You, you're trying to win every game. And you're trying to do the best you can. And it has always worked out for us over 15 years at Bishop Hartley. But that it doesn't mean it's always going to work out. We're not silly enough and, and dumb enough to think that. So you got to grind away. You got This was a hard week of practice that we had. And uh, I know we improved, but we still got a long way to go. I mean, we're still, like I said, putting people and putting schemes where they best fit. Um, the things you think are going to be good schematically uh, in August against your second team, you know, it's not as good against somebody that's really, really good. But yet something you didn't work on as much is better. Your kids are better at doing that. So you're kind of still in the process of doing that. It takes us a few weeks to do that, but uh, that's the direction we're going. Winchester this Friday night, and they're off to a one-on-one -on -one start. When you look at your schedule and the way you play these games, do you have a – a preference, for example, I'm looking at your schedule right now, uh, Canal Winchester, that's Archbishop McNicholas and Lima Central Catholic. You, you do a pretty good job of balancing between larger schools and then maybe schools that are lower than you division-wise, enrollment-wise. Was that a, a goal when you put the schedule together, or do you just play them as they come and, and get the computer points when you can? A little bit. I mean, uh, to play somebody closer to our size, for example, I mean, I, I, I guarantee LaSalle and Hoban, we could have played back-to-back -back at Hartley if that's what we wanted to do. But playing the bigger schools, the bigger enrollment schools, there's no question it takes a lot out of you. You I mean, it just there's the depth that's an issue, particularly week one, because you're just – you can't condition football players – until they play football and that's that you can't run them you can't practice them you can't the only way to condition them is to play football i firmly believe that after many years of coaching well now you're getting closer to you know you're about a third of the way like doug you said you're about a third of the way through the season and uh, the kids are in football shape you can tell by the way they practice you tell by the way they play so those things help so you can play you so if you're going to play a bigger school you like to play them a little bit later in the season towards mid-season but um it is what it is. So you kind of take them when you can. Um, Canal's big and strong, and, and that's going to be an issue for sure. Uh, but we have some big guys too, so we'll go out and play. You've always said, and again, this I know from our conversations in the past, uh, and this is a phrase that I've used with other head coaches who, who echo your sentiments of this, the goal is to be practicing Thanksgiving weekend. Because that means you're either headed to the state semifinals or you're getting ready to play for the state championship. That's the goal of your program every year. And more often than not, you're doing that. But that's the mindset, isn't it? You, you have to have that, don't you? Well, listen, the kids, they, they pour every ounce of blood sweat and tears for Bishop Hartley High School. There's no question. They would do anything for our school. they do anything for each other's teammates and us as coaches, and we're indebted to that. So when they, when the score doesn't go our way, of course they're disappointed. We remind them every Sunday night that the only there's only two things we really care about, and that's uh, the CCL games, Central Catholic League games, which are Hartley DeSales, Watterson, St. Charles, and then having a chance in the playoffs. And that's kind of what you try to do, and that's everything that we're moving towards, and that's what uh, what you go for. Uh, like, like Commissioner, you 
said, you know, most leagues start play next week. So when they come in Saturday morning, they're talking about league play. Our league play does not start until week six because of the size of our league. So, you know, we have a lot of time to get better. But, excuse me, you have to get better. Absolutely. Right. Doug, or, uh, Brad, as we, as we wrap it up, I want to give you a chance to talk about both sides of the ball. Give us some guys who've played well for you through the first couple of games. Yeah, I've been really excited. Our tailback, Deontay Hubbard, has got, uh, you know, 400 yards in two games. He's he's a monster. Offensive line, you know, we're never going to say we're young or we have new guys. We have great Hartley players. But we do have uh, a, a new gel coming together, particularly in the offensive line and the secondary. And those guys continue to get better. And uh, we're excited about them. You know, we, we've got a three-year starter at quarterback in Peyton Underwood. And you can see him get better and better and better every game. And he's going to be a weapon for us. Um so we we got a lot of work to do, but we're excited about it. We put up a lot of points last week. We really offense put us in a position to win, but doggone it, they Harvest Prep went on a, a tremendous drive with not much time left there at the end of the game. Um, so that was an area that kind of shook us and made us kind of look in the mirror of what we could do schematically and and personnel wise to get better. But our kids are fighting and then and working hard, and we put a lot of pressure on particularly our linemen to to play a lot of football for us, and uh, and we're looking forward to seeing them get going. I know the folks here at Yamo Media are proud to be able to bring folks uh, Hartley football uh, during the regular season as you start to move towards uh, a week where you take on a pretty good Canal Winchester team and things get no easier after that with uh, McNicholas and Lima Central Catholic and so on and so forth. It's, it's a challenging schedule, but it's one I know that you have your kids ready to play. Brad, as always, it's good to see you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is a great show and a great service to, uh, to the high school football in the great state of Ohio, so keep it going. It's awesome. All right, Brad, thanks very much. Good luck the rest of the way out. Brad Birchfield, the head football coach at Columbus Bishop Hartley. And, yeah, when he said that, eight straight games on the road, I, I remember looking at that back prior to the season, but I, it kind of slipped my mind until I, I brought up their schedule. Uh, after uh, the Canal Winchester game on Friday, then they, they go to Cincinnati Archbishop McNicholas, then to Lima Central Catholic, then make the short trip up to uh, the north side of Columbus to take on St. Francis de Sales, then Villa Angeles St. Joseph, and then to St. Charles in uh, the CCL. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a challenge, no question. And as Brad talked about, it's very difficult for these teams, especially to leave the size of the CCL. We're only have five schools playing football against each other to get these games in and find people that want to play you on the type of basis that they want to play to get these games in. So again, uh, best of luck to Brad, and we thank him for spending some time with us here tonight. All right, as we mentioned, on Saturday here in Columbus, there is a, a kind of an important game going on. Now, I know uh, we are a high school football-centric program, but if you heard our conversation with Doug Ute a short time ago, he talked about how what happens with a big game college-wise in the state really kind of flows over to Friday night. You can just sense the atmosphere when you're at the high school football game uh, that you're going to on Friday. People will be uh, certainly going to be focused on their team's game that night, but what's going on the next night, be it a game like this or later on in the season when Ohio State, for example, will play Michigan later on, uh, those games are always ones that generate a lot of attention around the state of Ohio, and that's no different this coming Friday night. Well, I thought it would be good to bring out a good friend of mine who uh, he and I have worked together on high school football and college football. Uh, we started together on the Ohio State Football Radio Network, goodness, way back in the late 80s, which ages both of us, probably more me than him, but uh, he does a lot of work for iHeartRadio now in Central Ohio as a football analyst for 610 WTVN. He's on uh, 99.7 The Blitz. Uh, as I mentioned, football analyst on the Thursday night CW games, our friend Jeff Logan, former Ohio State running back, former Buckeye captain. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Long time no see. Uh I am terrific, and it was really good to hear uh, a little bit of your interview with Coach Birchfield. We will have 
that heart lead to sales game on our Friday night rivals. So, Marty, we moved from Thursday night to Friday nights a year ago, and same kind of excitement that's going on there and love to be able to bring high school football live to the uh, folks in central Ohio and Hartley, one of those really good programs. It'll be great to see them on September the 23rd. If you heard me talk about what Doug Ute said about how you can sense that feel at a Friday night game because of what's going to happen on Saturday, be it Ohio State, be it if there's a big game in Cincinnati, certainly Bearcats fans are going to be excited about what's going on there with that football program. But you can sense that, can't you, on, on the night before when you're out covering one of those games, that there's a, a different buzz in the air, isn't there? Well, in, in central Ohio, there's a different buzz in the air when high school football starts. And then when you get the college uh, season that gets kicked off, and especially in central Ohio with the Ohio State University starting uh, like they are against this uh, – a uh, pretty good Notre Dame football team. The excitement is going to be there, Marty, and no doubt uh, the juice that everybody's going to have ready to go for Saturday evening will be there on Friday night uh, before that game, and I think it'll carry on throughout the season. What's going to happen on Saturday here in a few minutes, but I want to get your thoughts since uh, we're, we're dealing mainly high school football. I'm going to get your thoughts on what you've seen through the first couple of weeks. Re refresh my memory. What are the games you've had, and what have you seen that stood out the first couple of weeks for you? Well, we, we saw Pickerington Central in week number one, um, and they didn't disappoint. They're absolutely as good as advertised. I know they went on the road last week and lost to a pretty good Cincinnati Elder team. Uh, but there's some rebuilding that's going on for Jay Sherritt uh, in what they're trying to accomplish out there. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what all happens with regards to that. But I think Pickerington Central, uh, without a doubt, is, is one of the premier uh, schools in, uh, in central Ohio. Uh, last week we had Darby and uh, and uh, Hilliard uh, Bradley, and Bradley was hosting. We had a 19 to 14 game, and I'm gonna tell you what: both of those schools, I think, have the ability to be able to compete for the championship in their divisions within the OCC. So, very impressed with the way they all played. Uh, two very different offensive attacks: uh, one that's very slow and grinding, one that's wide open, and uh, both of them, though, very efficient. Jeff, how much fun are those rivalry games? I mean, there's something different, something, something different about those, aren't there? Yeah, there really is. And, you know, one of the concerns that the OHSA had with us doing live uh, football games were people not going to come to the games and stay home and watch them on TV. Well, there wasn't a seat to be had at Hilliard Bradley last week. I mean, we looked across the way, and the Darby kids in their cheering section were every bit as full there as the as – the, uh, team, the home team was. I mean, it was just amazing to me. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it is the rebound and the bounce back from the uh, pandemic. I think people are looking forward to getting out and doing things. And uh, the support of the community in rivalry games really does make it special. It, it, take me back to your days of playing uh, rivalry games. You had a truckload of them to play in when you played in high school football. Uh, as I mentioned, those are special games. What's that week of practice like? It, it takes on a different feel, doesn't it? Well, it really does. It got me prepared when I got to Ohio State for that rivalry week against the team up north. Um, you know, and, and we had two, I played North Canton Hoover up in the northeast part of the state, Stark County, which, oh, by the way, I, I love Central Ohio, but the greatest football players will come out of Stark County forever. That was we coming. All know that. I knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but we had two rival games. Uh, one was uh, Louisville, and uh, you may remember the name of uh, Kenny Kuhn, who was a linebacker at Ohio State. He was a Louisville guy. 
And then also Maslin-Jackson, uh, which is another a rivalry game that has really become big with North Canton Hoover. Uh, but, you know, those games became critically important. I know that our 1972 Gosh, that sounds like 100 years ago in stagecoaches. But 1972, our high school football team, my junior year, went undefeated in the regular season, went 10-0. and And unfortunately, that was two years before the playoff system started in Ohio. So at the end of 10 games, when we were perfect at the end of the season, there was nowhere to go but to either basketball or wrestling or get ready for the next football season. When you touched on uh, the, the comment you made about uh, Northeast Ohio football, uh, I, I laughed at that. But that's one of the things, I think, Jeff, that makes football in the state of Ohio so unique. You talk to somebody in Cleveland, well, there's no better high school football than what goes on in Cleveland. Sure. You talk to somebody in Cincinnati, there's no high school football better than Cincinnati. Central Ohio folks will tell you this is where the best high school football in the state is played. That's what makes this state, I think, unique in high school football, doesn't it? You know, it's interesting, Marty, because they started doing some high school football games in the early 80s. And um, I was a little bit embarrassed by the quality of football that was being played, the depth of it in Central Ohio. There were one or two good teams, but when it came to the playoffs, it was always somebody from Cincinnati, somebody from Toledo, maybe somebody from the Cleveland area uh, that were going to be playing in those championships. But that has changed amazingly well in the last 20 years or so. I think the coaching um, has certainly uh, had a lot to do with it. It is it, terrific coaches in Central Ohio. The growth of the population here. I think the fact that we've got communities like Hilliard and Dublin and and uh, Westerville with multiple schools uh, within their their uh, uh, school district uh, competing with one another. I think it has really built uh, what Central Ohio can be proud of. You know, go back to Upper Arlington. You know, back in the 60s, it was either Upper Arlington or Maslin maybe winning the state championship. And then it went dark for a long, long period of time until that Upper Arlington team got things going again. And look what Hilliard Davidson did under Brian White. And look what uh, Jay Sheridan is doing with Pickerington Central now. Uh, there is uh, great strength in Central Ohio football. Jeff, you made a great point. The growth of Central Ohio has really changed the dynamic of all of that. Uh, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when uh, the OCC was just eight schools. There was only one Westerville. Right. There was only one Dublin. There was only one Worthington. There was only one Hilliard. And now uh, there, there are four Olentangy High Schools now. And, and, and that growth has really spurred, I think, number one, the, the depth of talent that's certainly here in Central Ohio. And you see coaches who may not have thought about taking a job in Central Ohio 20 years ago uh, or doing it now. The one that comes to mind to me is Mark Norrie at Olentangy uh, Berlin, or Olentangy Berlin, how he has transformed that program almost overnight from one year of being just the first year open. I mean, now they're a serious contender right now in, in the OCC. That's the, the big difference, I think, and this is the way this area has grown so fast. Yeah, the quality of coaching is, is outstanding, and you used a great example in Coach Nori there. I mean, he could have gotten a job anywhere, um, mm -hmm. and yet he takes a startup program um, that nobody figures is going to be able to do anything. They are blessed to have him, and I think he's blessed to have that community uh, that, is, that is a part of what he does. So, uh, you know, last, <coughs> excuse me, last Friday night <laughs> was also a youth football night um, at, at, at Hilliard Bradley, and I look really closely at what's going on in those youth levels, whether it's flag football or tackle football, I don't care one way or another. What I do care is that it's done safely, that guys are being uh, coached properly, and I think there's a lot of emphasis on that right now. And um, the one thing I saw was an unbelievable number of young men and girls that were dressed up in their youth football outfits 
that were recognized on that field. I remember as a young kid, when I was playing what we called midget league football between age eight and age 12, the night that we got to go out on that varsity football field under the lights, it was like going to the moon. I mean, it was to me, it was one of the most exciting evenings that I've ever been involved in. And it really whet my appetite for wanting to do that at the next level. And that next level for me, obviously, was high school football. And then the rest of it is history from there because I couldn't get done, uh, done with this stupid game. I just kept playing it. <laughs> you mentioned the, the youth football night. I was at Amanda Clear Creek last Friday night to call a game, and they introduced the youth football teams there prior to the game. Amanda's about the size of, I mean, maybe 1,200 people in, in the community itself. There must have been 45 kids out there on that field for youth football yeah, night in a community that size. That's remarkable, and that shows you the depth of interest in that football program. And I think that's great. And, and, you know, the high school coaches drive that. And I think what's really important is the kids that are playing high school football need to remember that those eyes, those young eyes are looking directly at those high school players, everything they do, good, bad, or indifferent. And it's important for those guys that are playing at the high school level to make sure uh, that they're the right image for those young kids that are growing up. You know, Marty, I'm involved uh, and have been for many, many years with the Columbus chapter of the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame. And one of the, the uh, projects that we've been working on is safety um, in uh, amateur football. And the idea is to make sure that coaches are trained pop properly, tackling techniques that are there. We don't want parents to fear for injury. Uh, it is a violent game. There's no question about it. But when it's coached right, when it's refereed right, when it's parented correctly, uh, it's a great opportunity for kids to learn lifetime uh, lessons, even if they don't ever play at the high school level. Some of the things that they're going to learn at that youth level, I think will be very, very important for the future. Jeff, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I wanted to bring that up, your involvement with all of that and how important this game is to you. It, it is. It's, it's a huge part of your life, your family's life. Uh, what, what has made you what you are today uh, is because of football. And it started uh, in junior league and uh, as you had midget ball and into the high schools now into Ohio State. It, it's, it's so important and it's such a valuable thing to, to be a part of, isn't it? It, it, it truly is, and I was I was blessed to be able to grow up in a very athletic family. My father, uh, Dick Logan, who we lost about six or seven years ago, uh, played at Ohio State. <clears throat> he went on to play in the in the uh, NFL for the Green Bay Packers. So, as a young kid growing up, um, I had a idol that I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps. And I didn't know if I'd ever be good enough to be able to uh, play the game at a college level. And then when I got to the point where I was being recruited uh, by the likes of an Ohio State University. Uh, and schools like Notre Dame and Alabama and Penn State, um, I realized that this was going to be a great opportunity for me to be able to uh, play at the next level, but more importantly than that, uh, get a great education and also create lifetime relationships with teammates, and that has continued to grow uh, in, in those many years since I played. All right, uh, as we wrap it up, I promised everyone that uh, we get your thoughts on what's going to happen Saturday uh, at the Horseshoe as we uh, dive back to college football here for just a brief moment or so. Uh, Ohio State playing host to Notre Dame. First time the Irish have played in Columbus since 1995. Uh, they had a two-game home-and-home then. The Buckeyes in the next year went to uh, South Bend and beat Notre Dame. What is it about this series, Jeff, that generates – certainly the Michigan game brings a different passion – but there's just something about Notre Dame, the sheer mention of the word, that just drives people off the rails. And I think that's one of the reasons so many people are so excited about this game Saturday night. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any uh, two schools that you could pull together that would have uh, greater fan bases or more passionate fan bases as Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is certainly known for having a national or maybe even an international uh, fan base that's out there. And I think Ohio State's probably the only other school that can even come close uh, to what the history and tradition of Notre Dame football has all been about. Uh, the fact of the matter is, though, uh, Notre Dame went through a period of time in the late 80s and the 90s uh, leading into the early 2000s where they were really not relevant. And, and I think it has changed dramatically. Uh, this is a really good football program. Uh, you know, Ohio State has never been uh, positioned better going into a season than they are right now with C.J. Stroud at quarterback. Uh, think of where we were a year ago uh, with C.J. Stroud versus where he is today. His capacity as a quarterback, thinking about what he can do because of his experience a year ago. This is a kid that had not even thrown a ball, a pass in a college football game, yet he goes out. And uh, by many measures, Ohio State fans looked at last season as a failure because, number one, you didn't play in the Big Ten championship game, you didn't beat your rival, and you didn't play in the national championship, all right? We went on to have a pretty terrific season, what, 12-2 and two or uh, something like that, and we win the Rose Bowl against Utah. Uh, J.C. or uh, C.J. Stroud, all he does is win freshman of the year, quarterback of the year, most valuable player in the entire Big Ten conference, that's and he hadn't thrown a pass heading into that season. And, and, and so just think of where this football team is positioned today versus where they were a year ago and what the capacity of this team is. Um, you know, with a 17-point favorite in this game, which absolutely blows me away in what I think is a rivalry game, Ohio State has got all the pressure, I feel, on them uh, to go out there and uh, not only win the game, but win the game convincingly, and I think they will. Jeff Logan, it's always a pleasure to spend some time with you, my friend. Good to see you. Uh, we're, we're long overdue for a get-together here. Uh, best of luck. Continue your great work uh, on coverage of high school football. You know how I feel about your talents, my friend. Always good to see you. Well, you're always the best, and I, I can't wait for another opportunity, Marty, where you and I can maybe work together uh, doing a game. It would be an honor and my privilege to be able to work side-by-side -side with the great Dr. Marty Bannister. I knew that one was coming, too, at some point as well, too. <laughs> Take care, Jeff. Good to see, see you, my friend. <laughs> Jeff Logan, college football analyst for uh, IR Radio here in Columbus. And uh, as, as he mentioned, uh, I, and I'd forgotten they'd move those games to Friday nights. I'm, uh, as we get older, some of those things slip past us. But uh, he and Randy Reinhardt are now on Friday nights with the, the CW game. So there you have it. That's this week's edition of Ohio Football Weekly. We are so very glad you spent some time with us tonight. Our thanks again to Doug Ute, the executive director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Brad Birchfield, the head football coach at Columbus Bishop Hartley, visiting with us. And as you just heard, Jeff Logan joining us as well, too. And thanks to you for joining us tonight as well, too. Program will be up for full view tomorrow, uh, available on our websites and our uh, social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Yamo Media. On TikTok, we're at Yamo On Air. Facebook, Yamo Media 614. And YouTube, we're at Yamo Media Columbus. Thanks to Adam Dell. Great job producing the program tonight. Thanks to you for being with us. We're back with you next week for week number three as we go into week number four of the high school football season on Ohio Football Weekly. So long, everybody. Once again, thank you for checking out Ohio Football Weekly. If you would like to find out more about what Yamo Media can do for you, whether it's to take your podcast to the next level or create a commercial that can help your brand grow, check out yamomedia.com. Thanks again for tuning in. This podcast was edited and produced by Adam Dell, and it is a Yamo Media production.